I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Talkin' Golf with Ann Liguori on The Fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Talking Golf with Ann Liguori on this Sunday morning, August 20th. My, the summer's going fast. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. The weather yesterday and today in the New York metropolitan area, just gorgeous. Talking Golf with Ann Liguori is brought to you by Ivy Cool Luxury Athleisure Apparel for Men and Women, featuring the exclusive Iceville cooling technology along with UPF 50 plus sun protection. Visit IBKUL.com to learn more. So how are we doing this morning? Whew, yesterday was the uh, 75th anniversary of the infamous artists writers softball game in East Hampton. And yes, I've been on the writers team for a long time. I did not play yesterday. I overbooked my schedule. <laughs> but I did go early and brought Gus, our 10-month-old uh, golden retriever. Uh, he's a handful, I must say. But uh, And I heard the artists beat the writers because they had to leave early. So I got the intel. Uh, and uh, that was a reversal, actually, of the year before. But bring back Jimmy Layritz. We need Jimmy back on the team. We're going to have to recruit some players for next year. But anyway, last evening, I went to the Tommy James and Shundell's concert. <laughs> That's right. Remember them? <laughs> West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing how great he sounds. All these years later, Crimson and Clover. Do you remember this album, Ed, or am I talking like way before your time? Anyway, that was the very first album I ever bought. I was very, very young. And I can still remember picking it out in Woolworths. Remember Woolworths? Where I grew up in Brexville, Ohio. It's funny how, you know, some memories just stay with you. So it was a meaningful, very special concert last night. Crystal, Blue Persuasion, Crimson and Clover, and I love the way he's just a nice guy. I mean, he it comes through on stage, and at one point, he got off the stage, and he started walking around the theater and just started shaking hands with people to say hello. That was a nice touch. All right, let's turn to golf, because today is a huge day in golf for the guys on the PGA Tour. The top 30 finishers today at the BMW Championship. It's the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. They move on to the Tour Championship And they're jockeying for position 
at the top of the FedEx Cup standings, where the winner next week will go home with $18 million. And it is also the last day to automatically qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. The top six players in the point standings, they get in automatically on the team. And, you know, the Ryder Cup is quickly approaching September 29th uh, to October 1st at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club outside of Rome, Italy. So very exciting day today. But uh, it's Matt Fitzpatrick and Scotty Scheffler. They're tied for the lead at 11 under, heading into the final round this afternoon. Fitzpatrick, he carded a four under 66. He bogeyed the final hole. Scheffler, he had a six under 64. Uh, Fitzpatrick, he's been struggling a bit since he won the RBC Heritage in April, but apparently he worked on his swing, kind of tweaked it a little bit, shortened it a bit. And it seems to have worked. And boy, Scheffler just played lights out. He just bombing the ball off the tee, making putts. So um, those two are tied for the lead. Brian Harmon is one behind at 10-under. Max Homa is two shots back at 9-under. He shot a plus one yesterday. And on Friday, Max Homa, unbelievable. He shot a course record 8-under 62, 10 birdies. A career high for him on the PJ Tour. Victor Hovland, Roy McIlroy at 8-under. They're three shots back. And then yesterday, Sam Burns tied the course record that Homa shot Friday, 8-under 62, putting Sam Burns four shots back. And he's hoping to climb up the Ryder Cup point standings. And, you know, so is Lucas Glover. Glover having won, as you know, the last two PGA Tour events. Yesterday, Glover shot a 69. He is now uh, tied for 15th. But as I mentioned, only 30 players after today move on to Atlanta for the Tour Championship. Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose, Denny McCarty, they're, both, they're now in the top 30. We'll see how they finish today. Jordan Spieth is in a tie for 30th place. So let's see how he does, if he can get in the top 30. He shot a plus two yesterday. And today, as I mentioned, is the final day to automatically qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. I have Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantley. They're already in as the top three. Brian Harmon looks to be in good shape. But uh, spots five and six are in question. Brooks Kepka, he was number five in the Ryder Cup standings. But that could change with today's play, depending on Max, how Max Homa and Xander Shuffley do. So he could move out of the top six, Kepka, and may have to rely on a captain's pick, which will be interesting. He has not been able to earn any Ryder Cup points, Kepka, except at the majors because he's playing with Liv. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, Homa is at six in the Ryder Cup point standing. Shuffley is at number seven right now. Jordan Spieth at eight. Cameron Young at nine. Colin Morikawa at 10. Keegan Bradley at 11. Sam Burns at 12 right now. And as I say, the... uh, Captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup team, Zach Johnson, will announce his six captain's picks after the uh, Tour Championship next week. Actually, they'll do it on August 29th, to be exact. So Bob Herrig of uh, SIGolf.com, he will join us in a few minutes, and we'll discuss all these possibilities. Big day. And as you know, Fred Couples, who's the vice captain, he spilled the beans a few weeks ago saying publicly that Max Homa, Cameron Young, Jordan Spieth are locks as captain's picks. 
And that would be so that would be what three, although Max Homa could qualify in the top six automatically. I wonder if uh, Fred Couples has any regrets saying that now. <laughs> Things are changing. And then, of course, will Lucas Glover be a captain's pick? How about Justin Thomas? So a lot of question marks. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's so many players playing so well. So only 12 go. The Corn Ferry Tours inaugural magnet uh, championship taking place at Matitaconk National Golf Club in Jackson Township, New Jersey. Final round this afternoon, Taylor Dixon and Jacob Solomon. They're tied for the lead at 14 under. Dixon shot a 10 under 62 uh, yesterday, 11 birdies, one bogey. Uh, they have a two-shot lead over Patrick Welch, Chan Kim, and Mac Mesner. The women are in Northern Ireland, the ISPS Hand a World Invitational at Galgorm. Beautiful spot, Galgorm. I was there last summer. Uh, Great Britain's Gabriella Cowley. She fired a 567 yesterday. And at six under overall, she took a one-shot lead into the final round. They're actually playing right now. And Ryan O'Toole uh, took over a one-shot lead through four holes. The USAM is wrapping up today after a grueling week-long competition at Cherry Hills Country Club and Colorado Golf Club. In fact, the 36-hole final starts 9 a.m. Eastern, the second 18 starting after 1 o'clock this afternoon, and it will be 19-year-old Nick Dunlap of Huntsville, Alabama, against Neil Shipley, who's 22. He's from Pittsburgh. Uh, Dunlap defeated Parker Bell yesterday 3-2. and two. Uh, Dunlap won the 2021 U.S. Junior Amateur title. He has a 29-2 and record in match play competition since the spring of 2021. And Shipley earned a come-from-behind win over John Marshall Butler, 2-1. and Shipley was down three with eight holes to play, but he won five of the next seven holes to close it out. And so that should be a good final. This, after, this morning and this afternoon. And one of the many stories from the USAM that caught my attention earlier in the week, a 16-year-old, he broke a record that stood 103 years. Blades Brown became the youngest medalist in the history of the USAM. He's 16 years old. He broke Bob Jones' record set in 1920 at the age of 18. Brown holed out for Eagle. During the second round, he shot a 64, tying the course record the course record at Colorado Golf Club. And his mother is Rhonda Blades Brown. She's a former starting point guard at Vanderbilt. And she played on the WNBA. The U.S. Mid-Amateur will be played at Sleepy Hollow Country Club and Fenway Golf Club in a few weeks. Both courses, as you know, in Westchester County. The U.S. Mid-Am, September 9th through the 14th. And Bill McCarthy is the championship director of the U.S. Mid-Am. And he's going to join us after the 840 break. He'll talk about uh, the, the upcoming U.S. Mid-Am. We can also preview the final round of the U.S. Amateur that's taking place today. And Bill McCarthy was the uh, USGA staff lead at the U.S. Amateur at Colorado Golf Club, which co-hosted with Cherry Hills Country Club. And Bill grew up on Long Island. He went to Jericho High School. His father was the superintendent at Old Westbury for years. And Bill has been with the USJ for 28 years and has been the championship director of the Mid-Am for 12 years. So looking forward to um, connecting with Bill. And hey, if you get a chance, 
check out uh, Dylan Dethere's interview on golf.com with Brando Chambly. Brando has been on this show frequently. Um, haven't had him on this season, but I always like hearing his opinion. And uh, on this interview on golf.com, Brando, obviously he's been uh, completely against live golf and the Saudis getting involved in golf. And he points out that the PJ Tour would not be in this position, desperate for money to pay the incredible high salaries to PJ Tour players to keep them from defecting to live. He said if it weren't for Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman, he called them in quotes, narcissistic greed. He pointed out to, uh, he pointed to Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman for sending golf down this path that golf would not be in this position if it weren't for those two. And, um, it's a very good interview, so if you get a chance, check it out. But um, I agree with Brando, and, and, and good for him, I think, for sticking up to his principles. You know my opinion on this by now. I think taking Saudi money would be, I would consider it, a major sellout for the PJ Tour. And I think the PJ Tour is above that. I think there have to be other solutions. As Brando said, there are a lot of smart people who run the tour, and surely they can come up with better alternatives. So stay tuned. And uh, hats off to Michael Block. Remember Michael Block, the club pro who stole the show at the PJ Championship in May at Oak Hill? Well, he shot a 63 in a practice round at uh, Valhalla, carding seven birdies and an eagle. He finished his round at nine under, and that was good enough to tie the course record set by Jose Maria Alfabo back in the uh, 2000 at the PJ Championship. Block, as you remember, 47 years old, a club pro in California, and it was a practice round uh, for next year's PJ Championship. So Michael Block stays in the news. All right, coming up, Bob Herrick of uh, SIGolf.com. We'll talk BMW Championship. We'll talk the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and we'll ponder who the captain's picks may be for the Ryder Cup which is just around the corner. But first, let me tell you that IB Cool Luxury Athleisure Wear for both men and women offers the highest performance-driven apparel to look and feel your best on and off the course. IB Cool offers multifunctional, intelligent moisture sensor fabrics featuring the exclusive ice veil technology that cools your skin up to five degrees. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So you can stay cool, comfortable, and odor-free on hot and humid days. Ivy Cool Apparel also features UPF 50 plus sun protection. It's colorful, stylish, ultra soft fabrics with the latest technology to protect your skin. Look and feel your best. Learn more at IBKOL.com. It's Talkin' Golf with Ann Liguori on The Fan. Welcome back to Talking Golf with Ann Liguori. Hope you're having a great morning so far. And uh, Bob Herrig of SAGolf.com. He covers golf all over the globe. He is at the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields in Chicago for the second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to Talking Golf. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me, Ann. Hey, thanks for coming on early with us with the time difference and all that good stuff. But, um, boy, there is a lot at stake today, uh, to say the least, right? Huge day in golf. It sure is. It's a really nice leaderboard. I mean, I think that's the idea of these tournaments. Um, You know, not only just is there a tournament title at stake, but there's Getting into the Tour Championship, they're seeding, so to speak, for the Tour Championship next week in Atlanta. And then, of, of course, uh, the U.S. Ryder Cup automatic picks are going to be decided today as well. So there is a lot going on. A lot going on. I want to talk about each one. But, you know, the top 30 finishers today, they move on to uh, the Tour Championship, the finale, and an opportunity, the winner next week will go home with $18 million. What are your thoughts about who may uh, kind of emerge um, based on what you're seeing this week? Well, Matt Fitzpatrick certainly has put himself in a good spot. He was 40th coming into this week. Uh, you know, so he had some ground to make up. And, you know, really, when you're, when you're outside of the number, you need, when you do the number crunching, you, you've got to have a high finish typically to move up. Um, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna cut it to finish thirtieth. You know, so he's put himself in a great spot to move into the thirty for Atlanta. Jordan Spieth is you know hovering outside that number right now. Um, he did not have a great day yesterday, uh, which you know he could have maybe solidified his spot in the uh, in the top thirty. He was sort of uh, you know, out, he was outside the number. I think he was 31st coming in. So he he needed to do something this week, and, and he's had some guys behind him play better. So today's a big day for him. I mean, he doesn't want to miss uh, the Tour Championship. Uh, before last year, he had missed it a couple of times. So um, there's a couple of examples. I mean, and it, it's going to go back and forth all day long. It's it's uh, There's a lot of money at stake in this event. It's a $20 million purse. You know, so there can be a lot of fluctuation. Um, actually, it's it's the, the points that are the fluctuation for this, 
for getting to the tour championship. The money is for the Ryder Cup. But the, the points here are four times what they were during the regular season. Uh, the winner gets 2000 as opposed to 500 so there's a lot there's a lot of chance for um, you know some volatility there among that uh, among that group of guys trying to get into the top 30 that's right. You got Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Justin Rose, Danny McCarthy. They're now in the top 30. We'll see how everybody does today. Jordan Spieth, as you mentioned, I think last I looked, he was tied for 30th. He shot a plus two yesterday. Uh, Emiliano Gruo, Sepp Strzok, they're below the top. The, the, now they're below 30, the top 30. So there's that at stake. And, of course, it's um, also the last day to automatically qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. The top six players in the point standings earn a spot on the U.S. team. And that's interesting, Bob. I mean, so many things can happen. Remember Freddie Couples a couple weeks ago kind of spilled the beans when he said publicly that Max Homa, Cameron Young, and Jordan Spieth are locks? For the captain's picks, you know, that would be three of the six captain's picks. But do you think he's regretting saying that now? Because a lot can change. Yeah, I mean, you know, Homa has a great chance now to, to make it on his own. Um, and I think Spieth is going to make it, you know, regardless. Uh, you know, his experience is, uh, and, and, you know, he's he's right outside. I think his experience... Um, is is gonna is gonna merit a pick for him, you know. Cam Young to me is is a question mark. Um, he's he's you know he's never won, and you know he's had numerous opportunities to improve himself here, and he only recently you know started to have some decent results. He had a pretty good tournament at the Open. Um, it's it, you know, and the other interesting thing is the way it's going right now is. Brooks Kepka is going to get dropped out of the top six, you know, an automatic spot. Um, you know, in my mind, he's, he's a, um, he's a pretty obvious pick if he falls to seven, you know, he's been in the top six here, basically, you know, since the tie for second at the masters and then he won the PGA and he's only able to earn points because he's a live player in, right. in the majors. You know, so like if he had, if, if, obviously it's a big if he had been playing in events that got him points, he would have easily qualified, you know, but there's, you know, there's still that rift and it makes you wonder is, is, is he as automatic to Zach Johnson as he is to a lot of other people, you know, um, it, it was going to be a lot easier for Zach, I think, if, if he just qualified on his own. Uh, but uh, there's been enough volatility here that it uh, looks like there's a chance he could get pushed out. And then you've got, you know, you, I just think he's got a tough decision. I mean, you know, you got Ricky Fowler, who's played well. Um, Lucas Glover's been playing well lately. Uh, you know, what about Tony Finau, who has experience? Same with Justin Thomas, who didn't qualify for the playoffs. You know, I mentioned Cam Young. Um you know, Colin Morikawa. I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, there's more guys than there are spots. And I didn't even mention Bryson, you know, who's who's gotten some attention here recently because he had the great tournament at the Greenbrier. And, and he did did well in, in a couple of the majors this year. You know, and, and would his driving ability and length be of, of any intrigue at all? I mean, 
I, I sort of think he's a long shot. Uh, you know, he's hard to pair with. Um, I don't think the course is going to be set up in, in Italy for bombers. But still, you know, I, I think he's worth discussing. And, sure. uh, and what about Lucas it, Glover? I mean, Glover winning the right. last two events. Uh, he's, what, 16th on the Ryder Cup point list. I think he needed probably to have a, a really – he's, what, tied for 15th uh, at the BMW Championship. He He's certainly a possibility if you're looking at players who are coming in hot at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and while I don't think he can play his way into the top six, if he has this a decent week here, obviously he's having one and another one at the Tour Championship, you know, yeah, you know, all of a sudden a guy who's found something on the greens and is an elite ball striker becomes part of the conversation. The, the other thing I would say, though, is, you know, form for the Ryder Cup is really hard to determine because after next week, it's like still an almost a month until the Ryder Cup. Good point. You know, so so who who can you say will still be in form? You know, and that's why I think guys who are out of form have a better chance of being picked because maybe they'll find their form in that amount of time. You know, I mean, they're going to know. Um, a guy, you know, Justin Thomas, of course, is the main guy that we're looking at there. He's got a great Ryder Cup and President's Cup record. He's got a lot of experience in these events. He's known as a fiery competitor. The guys like him. Um, you know, Tiger has some say, believe it or not, behind the scenes and all this, and they're buddies. Um, you know, does that override the fact that he's had a poor year? Right, and, and he even admitted he doesn't deserve to be on the team this year. Justin Thomas. But, yeah, I mean, it, but you know what? Here's the thing. The word deserve is interesting as it, as it applies to this. Only the guys who finish in the top six and make it automatically deserve it. After that, the whole idea of, this, of the picks is to, you know, is sort of make your team work. Right, team you chemistry. Know, and that's, right, t- you know, team chemistry, pairings, you know, golf course, you know, all that stuff. You know, and Zach Johnson and his assistants—they've, you know, they've—they've they've been sort of crunching the numbers here. You know, Zach's been over there a couple times. He knows the course. You know, it, it should be more about who—who who am I going to pick that's going to work with who we have, right? As well, opposed to, well, this guy deserves it. You had mentioned Brooks Kepka. Now he could slide out of the top six and might have to rely on a captain's pick. In which case, you know, does Zach Johnson? pick him or will he basically stay loyal to the PJ tour players? I mean, that's a huge question. It, it is. And it's going to be, you know, look, I, I, the way I view that is if he doesn't pick them, it'll be incredibly controversial. Um, because, you know, again, I said, if you don't, if you don't make the top six, you can't say you deserve it. But, you know, Brooks has had really good results in the majors and and he's proven himself over the years to be a gamer in, in these situations, and that's kind of who you want, you know. And and he's he's also a good, uh, uh, at least a decent putter. A lot of the guys we're talking about have not putted well, you know. Um, Cam Young, uh, Justin Thomas, Finau, even Morikawa. You know, that's sort of the weakness in their games. And man, you need guys to putt at the Ryder Cup. And so that's why I say I just don't think this is easy. You know, Zach said I want a tough decision. 
you know, he wanted a tough decision based on so many guys playing well, not on having so many guys with question marks. That's right. That's right. You have uh, Shoffley. He is at number seven in the point standings. Spieth at eight. Cameron Young at nine. Morikawa at ten. And Keegan Bradley, who uh, would you know love more than anything to make this team, Travelers champion. Uh, and then Sam Burns, who had a great round uh, yesterday. So those guys should be. And then, as you mentioned, Ricky Fowler at thirteen. So a lot of uh, talent there. And you wonder if the captain will pick the guys who have the best chemistry playing with each other based on you know previous records, or if he will just go right down the, the points and get the top you know twelve guys to make it easier. Yeah, you, I did, I left out Keegan and uh, when we were talking there and and Sam Burns, you know, because those guys are those guys are interesting as well. You know, Keegan's had a really good year. Uh, um, Sam Burns has not had a great year, but he did play in the President's Cup last year. You know, and obviously he's a well-regarded player. I mean, um, again, I think it comes down to they're going to look at who meshes well. I just remember two years ago, this this very time, you know, the last guy came down to that was picked was Scotty Scheffler. And there was some controversy. You know, there were some other guys in the mix. You know, Kevin Na at the time. Reed, Patrick Reed, you know, those guys had played really well, and there's some thought that they might get picked. And they took a flyer on Scheffler, who had not won at the time. And look, he had a great Ryder Cup, and, it, you know, since then he's obviously, you know, propelled himself to being one of the best players. Well, he is number one in the world right now. You know, so I think sometimes it comes down to some things that they're looking at that, that might not be as apparent. That's right. That's right. Well, let's change uh, topics for a second. I w- wanted to know what your own personal thoughts are about this uh, proposed agreement between the PJ Tour and the Saudi Public Investment Fund. And uh, do you think it actually will happen? Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the billion dollar question. <laughs> the billion right now, dollar right? question for sure. Um, you know, I interestingly, I, I have this theory that Tiger has a lot to do with this now hmm. he's on the board um he's got a board seat his 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 influence is very important i mean his his opinion means a lot and does the PIF, the public investment front fund you know specifically yasser al rumayan who's the governor and you know kind of the the guy behind live does he want a seat at the table and be on tiger's side or does he, you know, want to risk, you know, sort of going at it without that support? Because if there is no agreement, um, then you would think that he's going to try to keep live going. They would poach more players. But I still think they would be scorned by the golf community because you're not in line with the golf community. If they do have an agreement then how does he work with Tiger and the tour to make whatever his goals are work? And these are the things I don't think we, we know completely, you know, um, is, is he satisfied with a board seat, which is what he would get if there's an agreement and, you know, possibly having some sponsorship or capabilities with the PJ tour 
and then this new company that they're going to form this for-profit thing. Like in my mind, there's no way that live can exist as it is as part of that structure. Because if you're going to have an agreement, if you're going to be, you know, partners, live can't coexist with the PGA tour because the tour is going to want those guys to play in their events. The tour is going to want Brooks Kepka and Cam Young, uh, you know, and, and, and Bryson to play in the players championship. But if you're playing 14 live events, it's really hard to do both. And uh, my sense is they would want there to be some sort of interchangeable parts between the two things which leads to live having to be sort of marginalized or, or, or reduced. That's right. You know, would, would they have it be six events or eight? Would they still have the teams? You know, would there be some freedom to go back and forth? I mean, that's why I just think this thing's really complicated. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I just wonder, are they even talking like that? You know, Monaghan in Memphis last week, Jay Monaghan, the commissioner of the tour, you know, he downplays it. You know, he, he says that the PJ Tour will be as it is and that the PIF will have a minority investment in the new company, which is being called PJ Tour right, Enterprise. Right, a billion dollars, upwards of a billion dollars. It's a minority investor. And don't, you know, I can't, that that, that doesn't make sense to me. If, if somebody's going to invest that much money, then they certainly have more of a voice than what uh, the PJ Tour commissioner has been implying. I agree. And, and, you know, who, who, and who knows what the investment would be exactly and what it would mean. And, and, and would there be investment in the PJ tour? There can't really be in the PJ tour as we know it, as what's going on now, there can't really be as an investor because it's a nonprofit. It would have to be in terms of a sponsor, you know? So like, could the PIF through Aramco, the oil company, you know, they, they sponsor the Aramco series on the Ladies European Tour. They have a series of events. You know, could they sponsor or be a presenting sponsor of, of tour events? Would that help pump some money into, you know, what, what we seem to think is, is a void? There's a, there's a disconnect between having all these $20 million tournaments and being able to fund them. And, and what, you know, Jay said that, you know, look, everything's fine with the sponsors. They're all on board. But, you know, that doesn't really seem to be the case. You know, none of them are saying it publicly. But behind the scenes, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, and I, I can't speak to which ones, but there's several that, that have balked. That's right. You know, um, if, you, if you were an $8 million event or $9 million event uh, last year, and this year you went to $20 million and the tour helped subsidize it. Next year, you're expected to pay it all. So you're expected to pay another $10 million. You know, when you had a deal for something less, you know, a, a, a typical sponsorship in very rough terms is about 150% of the purse. So if you were, if you had an $8 million event, you're looking at paying 12 to $13 million a year. Well, now, if you have to cover the extra amount of the purse, which has gone up $11 million, you're, you're paying $23, 24000000 million. Right. Where does that money you come know? from? I mean, right. some sponsors and, are very happy to be, quote, signature events. They're related with that. Obviously, they get all the top players. And, but, you know, but who's really paying for it is the question. And, 
And sure, a lot of sponsors have said we're not interested. But um, hey, there are a lot of smart people on the PGA Tour. So you, you would hope they could figure this out and come up with better alternatives than to, in my opinion, than to take the Saudi money. But uh, stay tuned. Bob, thank you so much. We are out of time. You're terrific. Continued success. And uh, always appreciate your insight here. And thanks so much for coming on Talking Golf. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Enjoy the final round of the BMW Championship. All right, coming up, Bill McCarthy, Championship Director of the U.S. Mid-Am Championship, which will be held at Sleepy Hollow Country Club and at Fenway Golf Club, September 9th through the 14th. He has been in Colorado for the U.S. Am, in which the final round will start soon this morning and continue uh, throughout this afternoon. They play 36 holes. So we will catch up with Bill McCarthy in a few minutes. But first, let me tell you, as the brand ambassador for Ivy Cool, I can attest to the high-quality, performance-driven Leisure Apparel line that is perfect to wear on and off the course. Not only does the moisture sensor fabric keep me cool on the links, Ivy Cool garments also feature UPF 50 Plus sun protection. All this plus a wide variety of colorful and stylish silhouettes in tops, shorts, pants, skirts, and dresses. And men can choose from any styles as well. Look your best, protect your skin. I be cool. That's ibkul.com. It's Talking Golf with Anne Ligori on the fan. Hey, 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 and welcome back to Talking Golf on this gorgeous Sunday morning. And well, let's turn our attention to amateur golf in this segment and two championships in particular. And uh, Bill McCarthy just returned from Colorado where the U.S. Amateur Championship concludes today. He is the staff lead at the co-host club, Colorado Golf Club, and he is the championship director of the upcoming U.S. Mid-Am, which will be held at Sleepy Hollow and at Fenway September 9th through the 14th. Hey, welcome to Talking Golf, Bill. Good morning. How are you? I am fine, and you are a Long Island guy who now lives in the, in the city where I grew up, in Cleveland, Ohio. How do you like That's that? Cr- yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, I grew up in Long Island. My dad was a longtime golf course superintendent there at Old Westbury, and as I made my way through the ranks, I ended up out in Cleveland. That's awesome. I love Old Westbury, by the way. Marty Lyons has his charity event there every year, and it's just a treat every year to go. Yeah, to really Old good Westbury. spot. Great, great spot. So many great courses, as you know, in the New York metropolitan area. And uh, and two of them will be hosting uh, the U.S. Mid-Ams. But before we get into that, how was your week in Colorado for the U.S. Amateur Championship? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the world's oldest amateur championship, the U.S. Amateur. Uh, and this year, I think we set another record for entries. We got nearly 9,000 entries, had over 100 qualifying sites around the country, and uh, 312 of the best amateur players in the world made their way to Colorado uh, to play Cherry Hills and Colorado Golf Club for stroke play, and then they've been battling all week uh, in match play, and they're probably oh, finishing up their breakfast now out in Denver, getting ready to play the 36-hole final. Well, as I said last week when we were talking about the U.S. Women's Am, I mean, the week is grueling, Bill. It started last Saturday, first round stroke play, then on Sunday, second round stroke play, then it goes to the round of 64 match play, then the round of 32 and the round of 16 match play, and by Wednesday, you have the quarterfinals and the semifinal rounds of match play, and then um, you have the championship match, 36 holes, uh, 
So not, you know, they get to this final round and it's not just 18 holes. They have to play 36. And, you know, so these young men, uh, you know, they've had to do so much just to get here. And you have Nick Dunlop of Huntsville, Alabama, who will be playing Neil Shipley of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Dunlop's 19 and Shipley is 22. It's really a grueling schedule, right? Oh, and you're forgetting the two practice rounds and all the travel and the hotel and just the driving and, and just the overall grind. It adds up to, to 10 rounds plus of golf, you know, excluding, you know, extra hole matches and practice areas and, and working on your game and working with your team. Uh, it, it is absolutely brutal. It is brutal. So what are your thoughts about these two finalists? I mean, Dunlop, he, uh, he's not ranked as high as you would think, but his record in match play competition since 2021, the spring of 2021, is 29-2. and So he's really emerged as uh, one of the top amateurs in the country. And Shipley, he's, uh, you know, again, he's just a top player. And a graduate student at Ohio State. I, I mean, these guys, you know, they're students as well as golfers. So it's great to see. Oh, it's amazing. You know, and, and I always say when, when we get into um, match play at our amateur, U.S. Amateur, our Mid-Am, our Women's Am, you know, they are playing golf at a PGA Tour and an LPGA Tour level. There's just no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, Nick, Nick Dunlop out of Alabama, you know, he took down the number one player in the world, Gordon Sargent, the first round of match play. That was, uh, that was an anticipated match once the draw went up, and it was a battle. And he's proven himself to be one of the best players in the world. And uh, Shipley, you know, he's not highly ranked, but my gosh, is he a fighter. And he has been playing some amazing golf and, and coming into his own. I am excited about the final today, for sure. And moving on to the Mid-Ams, which uh, you're the championship director, which is right here. It will be right here in Westchester County. I understand that they've gotten a record number of entrees, like 6,000 entries? Yeah, we broke a record for the Mid-Am. And the Mid-Am, for your listeners, is, is uh, the national championship for uh, uh, players 25 and over. Uh, it began in 1981, where we decided to give players, uh, post-collegiate player, a championship opportunity. Uh, and, and kind of separate those collegiates who are, you know, trying to make the tour and all they do is play golf and go to school. And the mid-am is for those folks who have careers and families and, but can still at a, compete at a very high level. Uh, so we, uh, we had 50, 54 qualifying sites around the country. We're finishing up as we speak with qualifying and we set a record with just over 6,000 entries this year, which is amazing. And I, you said they have to be 25 and older. So you're, you're talking about, you know, guys with families and careers. And uh, I think it's an interesting concept because they don't have to compete with these young college kids, right? Cor- correct. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's just it. You know, it was the explosion of golf in the, in the 70s and, and, and 80s. You know, you found that, you know, high school and collegiate golf just exploded and the quality was just unbelievable. And we found that, you know, the, the, the late 20s and the 30s and early 40-year-old guys really didn't have a national opportunity to compete. So the Mid-Am was established, and it, it's just a wonderful championship. Uh, a couple of years ago, we instituted an exemption for the champion into the U.S. Open. And since its inception, uh, it had, the champion has been uh, receiving a traditional invitation to the play in the following year's Masters tournament also, which is pretty cool. Wow, so there's a lot to play for, for sure. There definitely is. 
So talk about some of the players, especially from, you know, the New York, New Jersey metro area, whom we should be looking for. Well, two of the power players, um, you know, in New Jersey, you've got, uh, you know, Mark Costanza, who made the final just a couple of years ago and lost to Stuart Hagestad, one of the best amateurs in the world, uh, the best mid-am in the world. And then, you know, I'd say, I'd say a sneaky favorite is a member at Sleepy Hollow, Brad Tilly. Brad was a medalist at uh, the Mid-Am a number of years ago. He's been a member for a long time at Sleepy Hollow, uh, and he knows the subtle nuances there. But I'll tell you what, you know, when you've got 264 of the best Mid-Ams around the world coming to play, you know, two days of stroke play on these great Tillinghast courses, and then in the match play, anything can happen. Anything. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Kristen, Christian Cavallari of Catana, New York, he was going to play in my group. Um, I was looking forward to playing golf with him. And then it, we had a major rainstorm. <laughs> but, you know, he couldn't – I think he had to go back to work, uh, honestly, with that day when we were up there for the media day at Sleepy Hollow. But uh, he played in the U.S. Open this year, right, at the L.A. Yeah. Country Club. Yeah, Christian's an amazing player. Thanks for bringing him up. He's, a, he's just turned 25, so he's newly eligible to mid am. Uh, and that's the beauty of it, and that speaks to the level of competition. I mean, we've got some players who've played in the U.S. Open competing in the Mid-Am. It's just amazing. And Stuart Hagestad, a two-time U.S. Mid-Am champion, uh, also the 2016 Met Amateurs. I mean, so many great players come out of this area, you know, Bill. And you, you grew up here on Long Island. Did you play golf from an early age? I did. You know, growing up, I grew up right on the course at Old Westbury where my dad was a superintendent, and I can't remember not having a club in my hand. So, you know, the game has always been in my family, and I'm lucky enough to uh, pursue it as a career and, and, you know, have fun running these championships. And how about in the Cleveland area? You know, it's so funny. I grew up there but did not play golf at that time, although I did play a little bit at Sleepy Hollow in Brexville, Ohio. Uh, and going back there for my high school reunion, believe it or not. But how about how's the golf in Cleveland? It's really good. It's surprising. I live over on the west side uh, where there's some pretty solid courses, but over on the east side, uh, it's really strong. You've got you know, the Country Club, Canterbury, uh, Sand Ridge, Acacia, just a number of quality clubs over there that uh, can challenge any level of player. Can you play or are you too busy? You know, the USGA run. 15 championship tournaments a season, which is unbelievable. People don't realize how many golf championships this organization does, right? But that's a lot of golf tournaments to, to host and organize. Yeah, we run, you know, we run five open championships along with 10 amateur championships. And then, then we have to talk about a Curtis Cup every other year and a Walker Cup every other year. So uh, in addition to governing the game, equipment, um, rules, handicapping, uh, unifying, showcasing, governing, and advancing. That's a lot to do, right? And you've been with the USGA for years now. I've been on staff 28 years, and I will tell you that I am probably more excited about this mid-am than I have been for any championship. You know, we have uh, the junior am just went to uh, requiring two courses, enlarging the field. Uh, the USAM requires two courses. The mid-am requires two courses. And over the the history of these championships, this may be the best combination of courses we've ever seen. You know, Sleepy Hollow is just, it, it, to me, it is top 10 in the world. Uh, Gil Hans' restoration is just phenomenal. You're up on the ridgeline looking up and down the Hudson across the Palisades. And then Fenway is this sleepy little gem down the street, another Tillinghast with some work done by Gil Hans. 
you know, they're not overpowering in length, but the green complexes, the bunkering, the thought process that you have to take to, you know, work your way on the golf course, it's going to be a remarkable championship. And, and your listeners should know that there's, they're, they're, it's free of charge to, to, to come. Saturday and Sunday, the 9th and 10th of uh, September are stroke play, and then we move into match play on Monday, and come on out and see some fantastic golf. And how do they get tickets, Bill? There are no tickets. Just uh, make Oh, they your just way show up? up? You, <laughs> I right. love that. We've got parking for everybody. Come on in and enjoy. The clubs are both very welcoming. They've got great staffs, and the memberships are all in, so it's going to be a wonderful opportunity. It's a treat to walk both courses, as you say. They are Tillinghast gems, and you know, with all the politics in the pro game taking place right now, it's really refreshing to talk and see amateur golf. These players, they clearly play for the love of the game, right? Not for money, but because they are so passionate about golf. You are absolutely right. You know, and we were talking about the U.S. amateur, and uh, I selfishly, because I run the championship, all the mid-am, our true amateur championship. You know, out in Colorado, those those players out there were, you know, they're elite coll- collegiate Division One and Division Two players. They're the best amateurs in the world, and and every one of them are striving to make it a career and play on the PGA Tour. Whereas at the mid-am. As you mentioned before, they have families. They've got careers. They're doctors. They're lawyers. They're construction workers. They're architects. Whatever it might be, you know, and and they're able to compete and maintain their game at a, an incredible level, and at the same time balance that with family and 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 work. It's remarkable. And they're great stories as well, and great players. Bill McCarthy, thank you so much for coming on this morning. We'll see you up at Sleepy Hollow in Fenway. You bet. Thanks for what you do. My thanks to Bill McCarthy, to Bob Herrig, to Ed Arzuman in the studio. Talking Golf with Ann Ligoria is brought to you by IP Cool Luxury Athleisure Apparel for men and women, featuring the exclusive ice cooling technology, along with UPF 50 Plus Sun Protection. Visit IBKOL.com to learn more. Tommy Lugauer is up next, and I look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday morning, right here on Talking Golf with Ann Ligoria. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.